gathered back. It's Crawford on the right foot. Robbie Crawford the drive of the post it in. The South makes it count. It's Charleston 1-0 in the 79th minute. Movement from Crawford. Is it a finish from Robbie Crawford? There certainly is. Kelly cuts it back. Robbie Crawford deflected it in. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Scottish players playing abroad. And I'm, I'm sure I'd heard that you were in the States, but I didn't actually realise till I had the look that you'd you'd been in Iceland and Finland as well. Also been at Rangers for 15 years. It was. Um, I just thought it was time for, for a new challenge and to get out of that kind of bubble and to experience something new and um, yeah, went to Iceland, signed a two-year contract with the, the champions there and really enjoyed my time, played some, some big teams in the European qualifiers and uh, yeah, it was, it was a really great experience, so been getting around. The first thing I was going to mention was obviously Rangers, it's obviously been a big part of your life because you'd grown up watching kind of like your Barry Ferguson's, Arteta, De Boer but then when you first got your chance at Brecon, it was actually just a few streets away from where I am. So I live in Brecon. Right. Brecon City is my local team. Uh, yeah, I was at the game. Yeah, yeah, I was behind the. I was in the background team at Brecon. So um, yeah, it was it was quite exciting when you guys came without. But I was wondering, um, obviously being part of the journey with Rangers coming back, do you, do you feel like there was more pressure on your debut than if you'd been given a, a start, you know, in the SPL? You know, like, do you think there was more of a, a pressure on you, given that uh, you know the onus on the club to return to the top flight? Um, good question. I think there was probably a different pressure. I don't know if it was more or less. I think just because it was new for everyone, new for the club, players, manager. Um, nobody had ever been in that situation before, so obviously all the expectation was on us to progress. And like if they're challenging for the SPL, it's kind of between them and Celtic, and whoever has a better year wins. But I guess it was just all eyes on us, and anything other than that would be pretty. And no disrespect to us, but it would be pretty embarrassing in terms of the investment we had in the fan base and stuff. Yeah, it was just a different pressure as much as anything, but um, yeah, definitely not not, uh, not without its its challenges. And uh, obviously Rangers are, even though, like you touched on it there, were expected to go up you know, with the finances and, and with uh, the fact that they were still full-time. Um, how is that compared in terms of professionalism and facilities, finances and everything with the other clubs you've been part of? Because Rangers are obviously a massive club. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think they've you know, undoubtedly been the biggest that I've been at. Um, not to be disrespectful to other clubs, but mm. they would also the same. It's just um, just the fan base, the worldwide uh, recognition they have, uh, facilities just their history as well it's just kind of hard to compete with a club like that and that's no no shame on other clubs it's just uh, just kind of the reality of it but like I said I was there for 15 years and always appreciated what I had and had some loan spells at other clubs so I was kind of aware of what, of what else was out there um, so it definitely gives you that appreciation of, of uh, all the facilities and coaches and players you're playing with so uh, but that's not to say that other clubs don't have their strengths and there's you know I've loved my time elsewhere and it's been eye-opening and experienced a lot and met a lot of great, great players and coaches and uh, different lifestyles and cultures. So it's, uh, yeah, just uh, taking it all for what it is. Because you, you mentioned there, um, when you were in Iceland, you said you'd played in some of the European qualifying ties. So you, you've obviously played against bigger teams, arguably, when you've not been at Rangers than when you were. Yeah, no, uh, again, good point. It's kind of ironic, but um, 
from people here that have played in those European qualifiers. They assumed that was when I was at Rangers, but um, yeah, it was, it was over those two years in Iceland. And um, yeah, I mean, played against Maribor, Braga, uh, uh, Israeli club, Finnish club, team in the Fairway Islands, even. So yeah, it was definitely an experience and not one that you get at most Scottish clubs. Looking back to your time at Rangers, and I noticed I wasn't too sure. 2014-15 season, Rangers went to North America, they went to California and then uh, to Canada um, yep. pre-season. Were you part of that and was that part of the... I was, yeah. Yeah, I was on that tour. So did, did that kind of plant it in your head? Yeah, funnily enough, not really. Um, I never really, when I was at Rangers, never thought about anything else really. Uh, yeah, to be honest, that trip was honestly quite off-putting. It was just like a lot of travel and heat and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know that was the best uh, advert for going there, but... Um, I guess the the US thing is just the sports really growing over here. Um, I've heard of some guys going over um, and enjoying it and having good things to say. And it's just always been appealing ever since I left Rangers and finally the opportunity came up um, back in 2020 to go. So uh, that was I wouldn't say that that tour had any impact on it, but um, it's it funny to have, to have been out. Because you you'd mentioned the. How you kind of had enough at Rangers almost, or you wanted to, you know, try something new. How how did your moves actually come about? Because I don't think I can even pronounce the, the name of that Icelandic team, but obviously it'd be a cool experience getting to go abroad, and it would be amazing. But how did that actually materialise in the first place? Yeah, like I said, I left Rangers in the September, October time, and then I had trials in England and I had a six week spell at Race Rovers, and just for one reason or another. It, didn't work out at those clubs and then um, ended up going to East Kilbride, like non-league in Scotland. Just really wanted to just enjoy playing again because I was just a bit, bit lost really in my career, not really sure where to turn next. And then I had an agent mention an Icelandic club that he had uh, contacts with and they were actually having their pre-season in Marbella, Spain, for my birthday actually. So I flew out, met the team there for the first time, had a good week or two. And the Icelandic press heard that I was there, and then an ex-Rangers player who was playing for those, the team that I ended up signing for saw that I was on trial with that other club, and then he spoke to his coach, and they were looking for a player like me, so I went there on. So I kind of took my chance that I would get a contract with with uh, Stevie Lennon's team, and said no to the other club, and thankfully it went well on my two-week trial with the with the team I ended up signing for, and signed the two-year contract. So. I went from uh, yeah playing non-league in, in Scotland in the January to having the Champions League qualifiers in the June July with the Icelandic club, so it was a pretty, pretty uh, crazy few months. It's, it's crazy the fine margins of football. That kind of sums it all up there. Yeah. From East Kilbride to yeah. you know Champions League qualifiers, that's mad. Did, did the first move to Iceland then make it easier to you know move on to Finland and to move to the States? Was it kind of once you realised you'd gotten out of Scotland, did it make you hungrier to you know to to experience other things? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, no, that's that's exactly how I put it. I mean, I think Iceland was great for me to grow personally and football-wise. Um, like I said, I signed a two-year contract and then they offered me a new two-year deal and uh, better money and stuff. But I just had that feeling that there was it was time to move on and progress my career, and uh, it's just kind of natural. But step up to Finland and then I, I get another step up to the to the US, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to keep progressing and, and see where it goes yeah and uh, when i looked into the icelandic league um is it right in saying that it's like a spring sort of summer league yes yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty short um 
kind of end of March, start of April was the first game, and then the last game's September, just because of the climate there, it's, it's not really possible to play anymore. So it's a long pre-season, and again, it's, you know, I'm a player to play games, and it's such a short season, it's it's tough to, to spend your whole career there, I just thought. Did that allow you to then come home, you know, during the holiday season, if the, if the, the season's finished yeah, by September time? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously you have to play through the summer, so you don't really get a summer break when everyone else is off, but on the flip side, you, you get to go home for Christmas and uh, spend that time with your family, so that's definitely a positive of it. Yeah. What was the the situation when you'd first moved abroad? What, you know, did you have family to consider and and kind of take them with you, or was it just a case of you know going and experiencing these things yourself? Or um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I was in a relationship with someone else when I first went abroad, um, but it was in terms of marriage or family ties or yeah. babies or anything like that. It was pretty free to go and. Um, yeah, I mean, again, that was part of my thinking. You can only really do that when you're young. And, yeah, definitely. Um, no ties back home. My family are supportive. And parents retired uh, not too long after I moved abroad, so it kind of all fell into place. And I was able to see them a lot. And um, like I say, I was back for, for Christmas holidays and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, again, that's something I'd encourage other younger guys to do if they feel a bit disillusioned of where they're going. And Scotland can feel like there's, you know, a pretty small world. And, it's hard to get over times, but I'm, I'm really glad to the chance to move out and uh, change any of it. Again, we touch on Rangers. It's it's quite a high bar that they set with you know the, the support they bring everywhere. Like uh, when they came to Brecon, it was just crazy. Um, how how was the support everywhere else you've been? So like Reykjavik, obviously the capital, it's actually smaller than Dundee. How's the fact? Like how's the support there? Because it doesn't seem a big place compared to you know like Glasgow and again the, the Rangers support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like you say, it's just a kind of numbers game. There's just yeah. like a three hundred thousand population. It's not massive, so the numbers involved aren't huge. But um, I mean, Iceland. They were at the Euros when I was there, and the smallest country to make the World Cup. So they also know the football, and um, they've got a really high standard of coaching, and um, I think fans are knowledgeable and stuff. It's just the, like I say, the numbers were the same. Like we had like hundreds turned up in Israel for a week games and stuff. It's, it's not really there. The same culture, but um, yeah, that's, that's just how it is. It's not better or worse. It's just it's just different. And it's been part of the experience, and it's been it's been interesting. So were you all these things. Were you in Iceland that day when they put England out? I was, yeah, yeah. That must have been magic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Iceland's loads of tourists go there as well, and they were also all supporting Iceland, so it was a good atmosphere. And it was good fun. Yeah. Oh, that's that's quality. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, yeah, the move to to Finland comes around, and when I was looking at your team there, that they were on an island. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a Swedish-speaking island uh, between Sweden and Finland. It's actually closer to Sweden than mainland Finland, funnily enough. Oh, right. um, but yeah, part of Finland. Played in the Finnish league. Um, so again, yeah, experience having to get the ferry to away games and um, just being on that island. It's kind of again like a little mini bubble and. Uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was a cool place, and I'm glad glad I was there for my year. I would imagine that Iceland and Finland, you, you, there was no sort of language barrier there, really, was there? I would imagine most people would. No, no, they all spoke really, really good English. Um, made it a lot easier for me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's 
yeah, since then, Kelly's they but then they pick up much of the other languages. There were just so many foreign guys on our team, and they all spoke English to each other. So just kind of, yeah, yeah, uh, made sense not to learn too much. And you've got the, the ferry to the games there. Obviously, that would take a bit of time, and uh, America is obviously totally different to everywhere else in that you could take long journeys getting to away games there as well. So has there ever been a point where it seemed like an inconvenience or do you think because you're abroad it's it's still got that excitement about it? Um, it it's, it's a bit of a bust, a bit of a bust I'd say. Um, we kind of missed the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs and hour drive to Edinburgh or whatever from Glasgow and you're, yeah. you're back home for the night. Um, at the same time, like in the US, you're travelling to New York, Miami, Atlanta, California, there's some pretty cool places you get to see and obviously it'd be easier if it was just a, a couple of hours up the road rather than going through a couple of flights but um, I mean you just need to take the, the rough of the smooth and enjoy and, you know, it could be a lot worse travelling with guys you enjoy company with and you're going to play a game and uh, you know people have to go through a lot worse for their jobs so definitely it's, yeah. uh, it's just it's just part of it but yeah obviously <laughs> on the flip side it would be nice to have a little, little bit less travelling at times but yeah. Although you've you've sold it to me there because he said New York and California and remembering at one point you did have to come to Brecon and I live in Brecon and I think I know where I'd rather be going on in a way day so that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, does it does it affect though? Does it affect your um you know great game prep and that you know if you're you're having to fly and you know some of these places where imagine do you stay over overnight and it it must cut down on your training time. No, definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, so if the game's on the Saturday, we'd have to travel Friday morning, get to wherever we're going, and usually sort of mid to late afternoon on the Friday, and then train at the, at the stadium Friday night, and then it's just kind of dinner and chilling in the hotel the rest of the night, and then uh, game Saturday, travel back Sunday, so obviously a lot of that could go wrong. You could get delayed flights, issues with, with the training pitch, Um just yeah, it definitely challenges you mentally and um, you prep a little bit. But I think playing in Finland was good practice for that, getting the ferry overnight the night before and stuff like that. So yeah, it wasn't a total shock to me. Um, but yeah, I think it just proves that you can, you know, you just have to deal with adversity. Don't you know, not everyone's going to be perfect in your plans and, and you still need to perform on the pitch because none of that really matters once you get there. Because if you're going to places, even like New York, like you'd mentioned, or Atlanta. Um, is there any you know chance to have a bit of downtime in that you know and kind of a bit of leisure time or is it is it strictly business every time you're going to these cities? Um, the, it really depends on the flight time, I guess. If you get in bit earlier on the Friday in between, and then you've got the afternoon to yourself, um, it's you know personally I'm not there to sightsee or whatever. I yeah. I'd like to just focus on on the game and the task at hand. But yeah. if it happens that you can go to a cafe nearby or something and just hang out for an hour or two and see about the city, then that's great. But it's not a massive priority for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I haven't said that have, it has been nice on the few occasions that you do get to see the city and explore a little bit and take your mind off the game to some degree. And obviously America's uh, it's that big. The weather conditions everywhere are, are quite varied, but what have you made of all the different weather conditions across your career? And, you know, has, has there ever been times where in the States and, you know, if you've been down in Florida or something, you've you've really struggled to adapt? Or um, Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one extreme to the other, going from Iceland, yeah. dark winters and minus temperatures and stuff to Charleston, which is really hot, really humid. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, it was a bit of an adjustment, but I feel like I came here in the January of 2020, and it was just kind of like natural progression that gets a bit warmer each month and kind of build up to the season starting. Um, so yeah, personally, I think fitness has always kind of been a big part of my game, and um, lucky to not really have any issues with it at all. Yeah, but I've I've seen guys who have like serious cramps and had to go to hostel and in the heat and um, yeah, it's it's not really to be messed with at times if you're not used to it and you you don't hydrate properly and take care of yourself, it could definitely do some damage. And uh, see, between the three countries that you've you spent time in outside of Scotland, um, has there been any like major cultural shocks that have sort of that have popped up and um, you know that have been noteworthy? Uh, I guess just like say the scrutiny at Rangers, you know, they're fifteen years one knows you and that's kind of just accepted that Rangers are a massive club and know all about you sort of thing. And I think in Scandinavia they're a bit more laid back and they don't really don't really say too much to you and just kind of let you live. And uh, I guess that was probably the biggest thing when I first moved there. And then um, over in the States, it's, I guess it's kind of funny when how they call it, you know, like football, like our, our football, their soccer isn't the number one sport in every other country in the world, almost that football would be the number one. So it's kind of funny being second fiddle to other sports. But uh, again, that's just part of the culture and uh, football, like soccer is growing all over here and it's, it's getting bigger each year. So it's kind of exciting at the same time being part of that progression. Yeah. Uh, when I looked it up, last year you'd spent a short period in California, in Monterey Bay. Why did that move? Like, what was the the story behind that move? So, the, the Charleston Battery had a new coach this time last year um, for the season start, and he just, for whatever reason, wasn't my biggest fan and had his other ideas and um, wanted to bring in his own players, which is you know, that's fair enough. That's part of the game. Yeah. And um, I ended up going to Monterey and the West Coast. Um, and then halfway through the season, like Charleston had a pretty poor year in terms of results, and uh, yeah, I guess they they wanted me back, so they sent me back on loan initially, and then ended up signing me uh, outright. So uh, yeah, last year was a pretty pretty wild year in terms of moving clubs and uh, married my wife and had a baby and stuff. So it was, it was a big year. Bit, <laughs> it was a really big year. Very big year. <laughs> And, uh, uh, but no, I get maintained in it and uh, really, really enjoyed my time over in Monterey. Great coach and great squad. And uh, actually, they're one of the sort of crossover games this year, so I'm excited to see them again. That'll be good. And uh, how did how did that like work logistically? You know, did like the club put you up in a hotel, or did did you have to rent a place? Or yeah, um, yeah, the, the as part of the contract, uh, sort of met with a flat. Um, uh, yeah, they, that's part of most deals over here. Actually, they, they look after you in that sense. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was great. It was a really nice place to live. Um, again, been pretty lucky with the cities that I've ended up in over here. And yeah, I think most people would struggle to to beat Charleston and, and Monterey in terms of nice cities in the US. So yeah, <laughs> could do a lot worse. <laughs> the different cities you visit for for game days. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely, it's easy for us to. Uh, to forget how big it is and it's kind of hard to get our head around it I think at times it's, it's, it's massive so uh, yeah yeah there's definitely a lot to see and have you kind of like absorbed some of the you know the American culture like have you made it to have you been to like Clemson or to you know the Gamecocks or anything or yeah good job um, that's a pretty big deal aren't you? I've never actually been to a game um, Covid hit right as I signed here and oh, right. um, it was just yeah a little bit of a 
everyone was a bit shut down, obviously. So, um, and then last year was just <laughs> a bit wild for one reason or another. So <laughs> not really had the time to, to do anything like that uh, specifically, but uh, yeah, all in good time. Uh, a big good one to, to check out. You're uh, obviously staying over there. Have you got like a, a go to fast food takeaway? <laughs> um, I mean, the South is pretty well known for their barbecue. I guess I'd kind of treat myself to, to a couple of good ones around here and the ribs and stuff. But um, for the most part, we don't really. Me and my wife don't really have fast food, so we're not really into it too much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the options out there, definitely, if you're into that, then there's loads of good options, like portion sizes. Uh, but yeah, food's really good in Charleston specifically, to be fair. I can definitely recommend it. It's in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've not really let myself go too much at that point. Maybe I'm retired, <laughs> that's when I'll hit the wall. <laughs> and touching on retirement, what would the, the plan be? You know, would you see yourself coming back to Scotland either to play or, you know, post-playing uh, post days? Yeah, I mean... Um, well, it's obviously quite a while away. You don't have to think about that anytime soon, but... Yeah, no. No, it's definitely worth having in mind. Um, I turned 30 in March, so I'm hoping for a good number of years left playing-wise. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like I say, at the start, a part of going abroad was opening my eyes to different cultures and experiences and uh, ways of looking at the game. So I'd like to think I've, I've got a decent uh, sort of overview of the game and um, whether it's coaching or um, maybe even... Yeah, first team or youth team, whatever it may be, I'm, I'm pretty open to just whatever makes sense for me and my family. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of playing as well, not really nice and out. I think it's it's going to be hard to be being here and being settled, and especially with my daughter and stuff for the first for the next year or two. It's looking like that we'll be here. So yeah, um, that's, that's that's great, and that's just part of the journey. And we'll see what comes next. Married in last year and first child. Uh, do you think you're probably more settled? in the States than in Iceland and Finland? Like, could you imagine doing those things there? Is it, do you prefer the States, do you reckon? Um, no. No, yeah, I think um, it just feels right to be, like I said, to be here. And um, I know it's crucial, but I really wouldn't change any of it. It led me to this point, and yeah. I'd be happier with everything that front. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's just massive being in the US, so you can have lots of different kind of lifestyles, just whatever suits you. And, um, yeah, I really don't have a set plan of me to be here or there. It's, it's more just what makes sense, so we'll take it from there. And do you ever uh, do you ever bump into you know other Scots in that in in South Carolina? You know, like playing against. I think there's quite a few over there in the league. Whether it's playing against them or just bumping into them, you know, when you go around your daily life. Um, I haven't played against so many like definitely British guys. They had English accent in games and yeah. have a chat after um, the old Scottish coach. Um, Mickey Foster I know pretty well from playing at Rangers he was in Detroit at the end of last season told him a fair bit um, but yeah definitely a lot of coaches um, and a lot of Scottish people in general keen to reach out um, uh, there was like Scottish Highland Games here in Charleston at the end of November here so it was kind of cool going and seeing all these Scottish <laughs> Scottish turns and whatnot. It's like getting back home that's, uh, so yeah, yeah there's definitely makes you it's feel like being home and we were back actually taking my wife and daughter for the first time a couple of weeks ago back home so yeah. it was a really nice, nice trip so uh, so yeah yeah definitely getting her Scottish time in <laughs> Is your wife from Scotland though? No she's not she's American she's from uh, Pennsylvania but Oh. For a few years now. And do you, do you ever keep an eye on you know your old team scores? Like uh, I would imagine growing up and being part of Rangers for so long, 
do you still look at the scores every now and again? Or? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Check them all the time and can see what's going on and speak to the odds. I don't know if there's any players left, maybe just have. Um, but speak to some people that still work for the club and um, definitely watch for Morton results as well, my local team, and so goes three games. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely keep an eye on what's going on. And it doesn't really feel like I'm too far away, we just obviously FaceTiming and internet and checking on the news and stuff. And don't feel updated and, and later, yeah, like part of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely keen to keep an eye on it all. Yeah, cheers, Robbie. No worries, no worries, tell us, thanks for thinking of me. And, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, let me know if I can, if I can do anything else for you, mate. Yeah, aye, that was great. Um, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. And uh, aye, appreciate it. I'll keep an eye on your scores along with Rangers. <laughs> good man. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good Saturday, mate. Right. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.